What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I have my good friends here, fellow colleagues in the film industry, Eric Tom J and Alex Pashalis. How are you guys? Very good. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Alex is new to the podcast. Uh, please welcome him. He has a lot of stories to share uh, about his journey as an actor and really the experiences he's gone through as a creative, something we always love to talk about. So I'll just get right into it. Eric Tom J. Alex, you know, you guys have collaborated on not one, but two projects, Man Versus Food and Long, Long Time. And Eric has spoke highly about you as an actor and praised your work and, you know, basically said you're very easy to work with. And you guys are, have been friends before these projects, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you guys, how did you guys connect? How did you, was it through film or just? Uh, It was, um, yeah, I guess it was kind of like through film. Also like, like we went to the same school and stuff like that. So uh, like high school and uh, like some, uh, we met through actually like mutual friends. So uh, this one kid uh, was like, uh, hey, do you know Eric? He does like film stuff. And I was like, no, I don't know him. And we kind of like just got into it like uh, through that. Oh, nice. And yeah. so, so getting into film and, you know, exploring that kind of pathway as a career, because I'm, again, I'm, I'm in the field and I'm always curious how people end up pursuing such an audacious path how did you and what inspired you um about acting i guess like what inspired me about acting is kind of like the ability to create a character and to uh to put yourself in different uh in different situations that you wouldn't actually be in is mm-hmm. kind of like what uh, what drew me into it i think like one of the things one of the earliest ways i guess i i can you know say that i i wanted to be an actor was like when i was a kid a lot of the times it was like uh Disney channels like I wanted to be you know a kid on Disney channel and things like that and and uh I thought it was really you know funny that there was some kids doing out of this like funny uh putting themselves in funny situations I, I thought it was kind of like I thought it was at one point I thought it was real like I thought like, the tv shows are real I was like oh I want to go to the hotel and meet uh, Zach and Cody and oh uh, I love that so I guess so like uh that's and then you know when I found that it was like they're acting and things like that I kind of like uh was drawn to it I guess yeah so it uh, definitely inspired you in a way right with with the Disney channel and that uh, kind of whimsical, innocent uh, element to it. Exactly. I don't know about right. you guys. I can't even look back. I can't watch the shows the same way because uh, no. see, you know what I mean? Like they're just way too innocent and sometimes way too naive that you see the jokes coming a mile away and oh, yeah. you, predict, you predict the stories, <laughs> the arcs of the characters. I find that like, uh, it's a little uh, cringy sometimes. Like, like yeah, some the jokes, yeah, you're, that, like, oh. that's a- you're like, Oh my God. Why is this even, why is this funny? It's literally not that funny. It's actually not that funny. And I think as, you know, being that young, we're just laughing more at, like you said, exactly. just, just being immersed in that experience and, you know, seeing these characters and just the fact that they were at their height of the game, like Dylan and Cole Sprouse, yeah. like they were the Justin Beavers. They, everyone was talking about them. Like yeah, everyone literally. wanted to be them. I remember that. I remember that era, that phase. What's your take on this, Eric? Were you a big uh, Disney Channel fan? Not as much. No, I mean, I love uh, Disney, but I was, I always sort of got into, for me, when I was younger, it was always about like movies and it was, right. I would always get like, but I would be like, I'd like latch onto one movie in specific and I would get like really attached to it for a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it would be like Peter Pan for a long time. And I was like obsessed with it for so long and I would just rewatch it and watch all the behind the scenes. And I was like, I loved every second of it. And then I'd move on to like star Wars or something else, you know, like, not as much, but I love it. The TV stuff's great too. I think those shows are super cool because they build like, even though they're cringy, they do such an interesting job of building like a world for the characters. You know, it's like good, good world building on those shows. Right. Well, it's one thing. Like, well, great. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go. Dude. Yeah, no, I just wanted to mention um, the world building is there, but I also wanted to mention with the animation, uh, they, the, the impression I get when I watch the Disney channel or just any shows, YTV, uh, they're not the same like they used to. Like they they really oh. went all out with the, with the story, and they and they made you buy the product, right? They didn't just kind of throw it in your face like with with uh, half-ass commercials, um, like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, like all those animation shows, and even on the Disney Channel, like The Weekenders. I don't know why no one talks about that show. That show was. That, I like, wish they would put that. I wish I, I wish they would put that on Disney Plus. That's one yeah, show that I'm. I would, uh, yeah, I was. That's looking one for show that. that I want. That's what. I haven't seen that show in a long time. They just said that now and just like unlocked like uh, a memory. Oh man, that's a what about that's a Jake the Dragon? One. Remember Jake the Dragon? 
was that a dra- uh, Jake Long dragon? Jake Long, yeah, Drake, Jake they, Long they, the dragon. They, they just put, yeah, yeah, they put, just put that on like recently. I was oh, they check did? It out, but okay. like, yeah, yeah, that one's on now. Yeah, they got the they got a lot of new things on Disney Plus now. But uh, gotta gotta check that star thing. I like that. The new thing, a new branch. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I've been doing a whole alien lo- binge. Yeah, I love oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love I love that they put those uh, new like R rated movies on there. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love it. it. It's something my buddy uh, joked around and said because I'm like, oh, they have to do it because they're competing. And they're like, they don't really have to do anything because they're Disney. And I'm like, okay, exactly. yeah, you're, you have a point. But um, it would be, it would go really old because at the end of the day, there's only so much nostalgia you can consume. At the end, you want to see content that yeah. 20th Century Fox owns, right? And as proven with, again, the Alien franchise. And I can go on a rant about that experience, but we'll save that for another time. <laughs> Dude, Alien's um, a vibe. Aliens yeah aliens of vibe yeah for sure man. yeah i watched it recently alex and i we work with this ad on our on like on both these projects Jan, nice. his name's Jan kaminsky and anytime you meet Jan, the first question he always asks you is he goes he goes have you seen alien oh yeah <laughs> that's the, like, like if tag. you don't and if you never seen yeah. it it's like don't talk to yeah. me when i ask for a coffee you get it <laughs> yeah man it's uh well i will i will make a note on it uh i haven't i heard things about prometheus and alien covenant right you can it's one of those movies you just kind of watch bits and pieces scenes or like hear uh, other people talking about but i actually had to sit myself down and watch them and i you know i i thought i thought they were pretty well done i'm looking forward to it being its own separate uh kind of trilogy or whatever they're going for but um the last note I'll make about the alien franchise, you guys probably have a different opinion is it went completely downhill uh, after, uh, after uh, alien yeah. three, I, I <laughs> alien three, I didn't mind actually. Like I watched it for a second time and I was actually surprised it was a David Fincher movie, um, but it just goes to show mm-hmm. you, you know, how much you can progress, but he did admit, I think in interviews, like the studio was way too involved, but um, yeah, I think we can all agree on that based on everyone's reaction. <laughs> Well, I haven't really seen the third one. I just heard, I just, I've heard it's not like that. The, oh, you just music. know. So how do you know the franchise derails? How do you know it just collapses? Well, I like, I, I like to read a lot of like the spoilers and things like ah, that. Like, okay, okay, okay. And, things. and so like Eric knows, like Eric's like always just like when new movies come out, he's like, dude, did you read the spoiler? I hope you didn't read the spoiler. Right. I was like, well, yes, I did. But, <laughs> but, uh, but Alien, one thing I find about Alien mm-hmm. and like Alien, the first one and the second one, it's like, well, the first one is like I find it like really slow. I like like the, the like the story and everything about it, but I feel like it's really slow. Like the build up until like the end is like really like it's like oh we gotta wait a whole two hours to you know finally you know see what happens at the end. But I think same thing with the second one too. It's got a there's more action in the second one for sure. But uh, yeah, the, but the second one slow. wasn't bad. The second one was memorable for me, and you know it provided more action and yeah, there was a horror element. Yeah. The first one, yeah, again, it's just iconic, classic. You know, just. The intelligence behind it too like the fact the filmmaking right the, the skill you have to have to pull that off and the special uh, effects the really sky yeah that was his, that was his breakthrough yeah. to put him on the map right yeah. so having said that speaking of that amazing content um i'd like to know more about your content that you guys created and collaborated on so i know again i mentioned there was man vs food and there's a long long night so give us some background um to man vs food i'll ask alex on this what, what's the story behind man vs food so man vs food is basically uh, a guy who is uh trying to like get into shape and so he's really trying hard to you know when he goes up to dinner and wants to order you know the clean meals you know no 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 spaghetti like no carbs he wants to keep it like chicken and broccoli type situation right right uh and uh i think he so he's out to dinner and uh, I guess it's his girlfriend or his, uh, uh, I would say, yeah, I guess it's his girlfriend who's sitting in front of him and uh, she orders, uh, you know, some spaghetti, some like nice carbs. And this guy has been, you know, laying off the carbs for such a long time. He's really trying to get that, uh, that six pack. And so um, the waiter comes around, girlfriend's in like the washroom or she's not, you know, she's not there at the table. Waiter right. comes around, gives him the, uh, puts a spaghetti right in front of him and he, this guy just can't resist yes he, he jumps on the table and just starts going crazy and stuffs his face with all this pasta sauce all over the place and spaghetti and and at, and at the end of the day he fails his uh, his uh, what do you call it his uh his fitness goal he just he cracks he just that's he it wow the he goes on the depression like the temptation yeah right. yeah 
yeah. took the temptation of whether or not he's sitting right in front of him and whether or not he can hold off or not, you know, and it's sort of trying the to question of discipline. Like, yeah. The question of discipline. And it's so relatable exactly. too, because uh, Eric knows my story about how we were kind of both uh, talking, discussing each other's health regiments uh, during the lockdowns. And Eric was doing the opposite of what I was doing. He was bulking up. I was trying to slim down. <laughs> we were both just explaining uh, the challenges we, we've experienced. I've slipped many times uh, since that conversation, but uh, <laughs> it's amazing what we do just to get the right body. And it's amazing how fragile exactly. the human body is really. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You can eat, you can eat like bread all week and gain that weight. You just lost back. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Right. So, and yeah, it, being Italian, I can, yeah, just only imagine I, I just had pasta for dinner. And it's like, that's just how it is. You know, we just eat it and enjoy it and move on. Are you, uh, are you Italian, Alex? What background? No, I'm, I'm Greek. I'm, I'm oh, Greek. Greek. I'm Greek. Okay. So, so I guess, you, like, you know, the similar. same thing, a lot of eating. Yeah, exactly. There you go, man. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of eating, a lot of generous portions. And, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the food is, is, is exceptional. So, yeah. Eric, it's I want, like, I want to go into, a uh, long, long time. Uh, you're writer director on this and you spoke about it on the last podcast. Um, you're very proud of this project and just seeing the photo stills on IMDb. I'm, I'm anticipating this project. I'm very excited for it, to see it as well. Um, I feel like there was a lot of uh, effort put into this. Can you uh, discuss basically the story of this long, long time? Yeah, I mean, the, do you want me to talk about the making or more of the of the story just to, just the to give a background story uh, so the audience knows what the story is about, and then we'll we'll dive into the experience and things like that. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So long, long time. I guess it follows um, a character named Vince who sort of is returning home from the war, um, back to his hometown, and um, his friends and family sort of host a a celebration. Um, to celebrate the return of all the soldiers who are coming back at the end of the war, right? But um, Vince is sort of uh, traumatized and, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things with his character. Um, and it's sort of about him trying to uh, readapt to life when he returns home. And, and it sort of all takes place within the sphere of this one night at this big event that the town holds to celebrate the return of all the soldiers. And yeah, that's, that's where the story begins, my friend. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So no spoilers on that. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and watch the film, but no the story is incredible. I love, I love period pieces. Um, I think that's the inspiration for why you made it. I got like Captain America vibes. <laughs> you and I uh, joked around about that, right? Got the Chris yeah. Evans vibes, right? And uh, yeah, it's um, I think what stuck out to me the most is the, the color grade. It just captures you. Right credit to the cinematography um whoever's editing uh just great job on that so very excited for that uh very excited to watch man versus food as well um these are both projects that i'd like to know again your experiences on and see what came out of it for you guys so uh back to eric i'll ask you how was your experience directing alex in this performance in, in man versus food and long long time well, it was, it was really, so uh, it was, there were two very different projects, but it was really interesting because uh, we'll start with man versus food. So we did man versus food before long, long time. Um, but it was great because um, I'm not in, I'm in long, long time as an actor, but I'm not in man versus food as an actor. So man versus food was a lot of fun because man versus food, there's not a lot of dialogue. Um, it's a lot of visual acting and expression because it's really about the temptation of what's happening in that environment about him and the foods, you know? So that was a really interesting challenge. You know, there was other actors in that film and one of them, Chris Stormrod, who's also in Long, Long Time, but they were all playing sort of B characters. And the, and the primary thing was sort of Alex's character sort of like non-verbally acting through this, almost this entire movie. So that was an incredible challenge to direct him in a sense, because there wasn't a lot of dialogue to sort of give context to what was happening. It really had to come sort of through the, you know, the visual context with his acting, right? Facial expressions. A lot. Yeah. A lot of facial mm -hmm. expressions. Of and that was, that was the, that was the fun of that performance, but mm -hmm. it was, it's, it's, it's a totally different animal from 
long, sure. long time because long, long time is, is, you know, like 13 minutes of dialogue, you know, like that film is, is conversation. Right. Um, and so when the Alex plays a character named cliff in, in long, long time, who, uh, is one of the soldiers who comes back with the character that I play Vince and is at that party the night, uh, that, that all goes down. Um, when I wrote the character cliff, I knew it had to be Alex, you know, um, I wrote it for him in mind and, you know, it, it's sort of, a, it's a very specific part. There's a very sort of niche angle to that character. I don't want to say too much, okay. but him and I, we have a long dialogue scene in the movie and it's explosive. And I think it's, I think it's the best scene of the movie, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. And it's between so both was, of you. That was incredible. Yeah. I think it's wow. the best scene in the movie. And so it was really fun to sort of like go from something where he says basically nothing and it's all everything else. It's all the non to something where we're just hashing it out, like dialogue wise, right on the screen. Right. And it was total contrast, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Expanding so on the emo. Cool. Yeah, you're expanding on the emotions of what what the characters have gone through, and you're showing that in your in your dialogue, right? And that and that emo- was that a lot of was that scripted, or did you guys have to ad lib it? Yeah, it was scripted. Oh, okay. There was a lot of. Uh, yeah, man versus or um long long time is was scripted. Um, um, man versus food was scripted as well, but it, there was not much dialogue, so there wasn't. It was just a lot of like sort of like, just a so that explosive moment wasn't like off the like you know how actors sometimes, uh, they'll go off the cuff and they'll like say things like that was that was a scripted part that you both had to sell like with your emotions. Yeah, it was. Um, it's an incredibly specific story point in the long, long time that mm-hmm. that character that he plays is like there to sort of articulate something very clearly about my character. Right. Um, so it was really important. Like I love to be ad to ad lib and to to do like that, but for sure. It, it's he his character has a very nuanced and very specific part. So we really had to play yes. it very close to the script for that and that was part of the challenge of it because alex no, is an sure. incredible active actor and a comedian so it's like that's great it's it's crazy that yeah but it was really interesting. No, it, yeah. I, I would I, i'm glad you uh clarified that because it's very important and i'm glad i'm glad that you mentioned the dialogue was critical in selling a, a, a certain piece of the story because yeah. ad lib does work you know wolf of wall street we've seen it in movies where it's like haha that was funny that's amazing but if it's not um, accurate to the story if it doesn't uh, serve the story and you're just ad-libbing just to ad-lib or because you feel it's more natural or more comfortable for the actors to do so you can you can completely derail uh, the, the motive of that scene the spirit of that scene so I'm glad that you stuck to, to you know the script and basically trusted the writing uh, it's important to have those emotions conveyed Alex what was your experience with that explosive scene shared with Eric with oh so for a long long time uh, yes. uh overall like it was like it was a really good experience like i don't know i don't i don't know how to like i don't want to give away too much of like okay like i guess i, I don't know what i can say or what i can't say because you know, i signed the papers and things like that so uh, right 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 but uh, it was a really it was a really uh um like a really nice scene like when they when you when you see it like you'll really see the uh like the emotion like really come through and uh it was really it had to be like at one point the scene is like you know joyful and then it kind of takes like a really serious turn if i can say that eric i don't know my lot to say yeah. yeah yeah it goes from from joyous to kind of like serious and like in like i guess like really quickly so all right to change the moods was uh yeah yeah it, it uh it was very demanding right uh, on yeah. an actor especially and eric mentioned that you're a comedian as well i had no idea and that that's amazing like uh I guess what I'm trying to get at is the fact that you can do comedy, but also drama. That's not easy to do. Like people don't no. realize the emotional yeah. range. And yeah. from what you're describing, that, that intensity, the seriousness you have to take of this character, um, it sounds like you have to go to a dark place to channel that energy. A uh, little bit. Yeah. I kind of try to put myself in the, uh, like, uh, I guess, like the mindset of a, uh, you know, World War II uh, veteran and things like that. I, w- I would read a lot about, uh, you know, like the history uh, different types of um, like like shell shock, different type of mental illnesses that uh, they would come home with, and uh, really try to put myself in that. But again, like I had to put myself in that like on the outside, like the shell of the, like the outer shell. Of this character is you know happy and kind of joyful, but on the inside, he's you know very like he's been through hell and back. So really had to put myself in that dark spot, dark place. 
Yeah, no, of course. And that you actually just uh, mentioned something that I wanted to discuss because I think preparation is so key, so critical in, uh, you know, bringing the best performance you can. And because you mentioned it, I'll ask you, um, Alex, how did you, how, how else did you prepare for the role of man versus food? And then you can, I want to know, how did you prepare for a long, long time? So for man versus food, uh, I basically was kind of just, I would say I was almost playing myself in that one. Cause I guess through when, when I was doing that, um, that one, I was uh, also going through my own type of like uh, fitness journey, I guess you could say. I, I like before the shoot, I kind of like dropped like five pounds. I started like going to the gym about like, uh, like, I guess maybe three months before we did it. Like just because, you know, I had to like doctor said, you know, you got to go to the gym and work out, stay a little healthy. So I was I kind of was, I guess, playing myself in a different time. I guess you could say like, I was already trying to get a little more healthy. Then when we did the thing, I could put myself in that kind of mindset, like where I was already at. So not like for that one, not much preparation was like kind of needed to be done, but I guess with long, long time, because I was playing such a complete opposite uh, character, I really had to put myself in in, and immerse myself into the, uh, the environment, I guess, as much as I could into world war II uh, history and things like that. Yeah, the era. And you explained that just earlier where you would research and just learn more about uh, what World War II was all about and how it affected millions of people and really the world um, going forward in a century. And that that experience is is, is critical. The authenticity, we always discuss it um, on this podcast, is so crucial. And from just hearing how you described your preparation, I think it's safe to say that you respect both stories. Yeah. 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 So with man versus food, you understood what a character needs to go through or a real life person, I should say, um, when they're on a health regimen and how important health is, uh, to your longevity. And with this long, long time, you know, you have this era that you respect and you're naturally interested in. And I think that that's what makes for a great performance, but also it sells the audience that, you're, you're legitimate and you can be trusted with the material. Right. Right. I wanted to go, I wanted to go, sorry. No, I just think we felt like a huge responsibility too with long, long time. Mm, okay. You know, like so? when you're playing like somebody, like, well, man versus food, you know, it's something it's, it's completely sort of like made up and fictional. Right. Or right. Right. Like, no, there's there, that's, that's, you know, it's based on things that happen to real people, but there's no, you know, responsibility to have to do something justice, you know, specifically, you know, and, and in long versus like long, long time, you know, Alex is wearing like a real soldier's uniform, like somebody from the war. Oh, wow. In that movie. That's amazing. It's just like, you just like, if you're going to step into that uniform and go onto that bed and have to do that, like you got to like, there's a responsibility. Like you really got to come prepared and not, you know, mess it up. And his character is so, it's you know it's such a nuanced and specific thing he did a great job of describing it about like you know the outer shell is incredibly like you know vibrant and that but that's sort of hiding the inner shell you know that's right. the that's hiding that's what he's like pushing out to concealing hide yeah he's concealing right. his true self because he's afraid of yeah that ridicule or judgment and that that's such that's such a that's basic the basic human condition uh, no one wants to be judged for any matter and how vulnerable is a soldier going through that experience. And, you know, especially in those times, I'm sure that's something that that's explored in the, in the movie where, you know, this is a different era. People are talking about mental health all the time. So I'm getting updates, you know, Oh, we're experiencing mental health because of the pandemic and this, these are the solutions, but you know, you wind back the clocks uh, a few decades and no one was talking about mental health and there was probably not even any treatments. Uh, is that something that you you found important to explore, Eric? Yeah, that was a that was a huge sort of portion of the story, you know. Um, Great. I was really interested in exploring like the like. I, there's been so many movies exploring the journey of soldiers that like in the war, you know, and mm-hmm. fighting in the war, and then going off to war. But I, I I don't know. I haven't seen as many movies about what happens when they tried to come back. You know, it all sort of seems like everything went back to normal, but I don't really think that's the case. And I don't think that that's like sort of a gray area where there haven't been a lot of movies made about that sort of like reintegration. Like, you know, how do you how do you come back from the war and and be okay with that? And reintegrate with society, I guess. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, the one that close, yeah. comes closest to mind is American Sniper um, with Bradley Cooper. Right. That, yeah. That's basically, and it, they did one, Clint Eastwood, you know, master at his craft. They did where basically he's in the war and then he's back and it's like a cross between, but the performance credit to the performance of Bradley Cooper, you know, it was really sold on the idea this guy has seen some shit and he's really suffering. Um, and yeah, that's what comes to mind when you explain long, long time is, is exploring. It's not the war itself. It's, you know, the aftermath, how it affects people. Right. And Eric knows this. I have to always bring up Tarantino, but uh, reservoir dogs, same concept, right? It's not about war, but it's not about the bank heist. It's about the characters and how it affected them, right? You a Tarantino fan, Alex? <laughs> yeah, I've seen quite a bit of his films. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen uh, 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 Once Upon a Time yet, but uh, oh, but I like I like his movies. All yeah, right. that's one I haven't seen. Uh, like like I want to see that one, but uh, haven't had have like haven't had the time to, to check it out. But yeah, no, but I like like Tarantino's like work. It's like uh, he's like my favorite, one of my favorite guys. Gotta say. I, uh, I, I forgot to ask this because I always love hearing about people's inspirations. What, who inspired you to become an actor or comedian, Alex? So I guess for me, like number one would have to be like Robin Williams because he okay. can really pull off like the funny stuff and then he can go and really put himself in that dark place and uh, you oh, know, yeah. one hour photo. Yeah. One hour photos are really like, I watched that recently, but I've uh, seen that a few years ago also. And it was a really great movie to, to see him go from like playing Mrs. Doubtfire and then he goes yeah. playing this crazy like psychopath kind of guy uh and i guess the second one i would have to say is uh uh harrison ford i really like harrison ford's uh nice style of acting and uh yeah so i guess more serious stuff harrison ford type of thing and the more funny stuff i guess uh ron williams so yeah yeah both uh extremely likable actors i think what sells me for both of them is not only their talent but their charisma uh just undeniable i think that's something a lot of actors today um I could be wrong uh, saying this, but there, there's a charisma, there's a quality that these actors in the past had that just drew you to the screen. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like you can barely act in some parts, but there's just something <laughs> fascinating to watch. And I think that boils down to charisma, right? Like Sylvester yeah. Stallone um, and, and Rocky movies, you know, like I was trying to watch the remake of Predator and I'm just like, I got to turn this off because Adrian Brody is not as good as Arnold Schwarzenegger, like selling me in an action movie. You know what I mean? Like amazing actor in his own right, the pianist, right? A great, great actor. But there's certain elements, there's, certain, there's, there's that quality that uh, is a treasure of the past. Uh, is that something you guys both agree on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a different, it was a different world uh, back then. Different time. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Right. The 70s. And, you know, uh, speaking of what's going on with this pandemic and how we're always talking about the future of cinema, uh, a lot of filmmakers, a lot of friends are, are hoping that it'll be a return to the 70s, like that gritty era where story to the Brat Pack, you know, Scorsese, George Lucas, they basically didn't know anyone in the film industry and they made movies by themselves and revolutionized an industry that got them back into the studio system. <laughs> but I guess it's just the circle of life, right? Um, right. But I think we're anticipating that. What, what do you guys take, not to get off topic, what are your takes on that, uh, how, how it's headed? Are you guys excited? Hopefully everything picks up sometime soon. Yeah. Get back to, to work and things like that. It'd be fun to, to go back because this, it's been a long time and, uh, it has, you know, it's difficult, I guess, uh, to, to think. I mean, it's a little difficult to like, to imagine how the world's going to be after and how the industry is going to pick up but uh, hopefully it uh, comes back full swing once everything kind of clears out yeah i think it's important that um one, one thing that gives me confidence is connecting with people like you and eric and just people in your community i think that's the best we can do in this time uh, because i think everyone is just trying to figure out their way and find their own path uh, especially in the film industry as challenging as it already is but when things, you know, naturally come together, uh, I think it's important to build your contacts now because you never know if there's a collaboration uh, coming your way or uh, a script in mind. So to any filmmakers struggling out there, you know, build your connections now. And it doesn't have to be someone that's prominent in the industry. It can be a friend on your Instagram. That's how me and Eric connected. <laughs> so I think that's uh, very encouraging and something to not lose sight of. But back to the conversation of this film, A Long, Long Night. I want to know 
or long, long time. <laughs> My bad. Uh, I want to know, Eric, your uh, preparation. How did you prepare for this film? For long, long time? Long, long time, yes. As a director or as an actor? Or That's right. Yeah, you wrote it, you directed it, and you acted in it, correct? I did many things, my friend. This you did true. many things. Okay, that's what I love. I love those kinds of filmmakers. <laughs> Wore all the hats. Um, I guess, yeah, break down, go through, go through each hat, if you will, and kind of just give us uh, some, uh, your, your perspective. Like, what was your experience like for each one? How did you come up with the story? Well, I guess I was a long, long time. Yes. I guess the story of long, long time sort of came from, I couldn't help but, you know, one day I was sort of, um, my, my grandfather was in the war. Um, and one day I was going, we have a bunch of his memorabilia from his family who was in the war. And then one day I was going through the memorabilia. Um, and I was thinking about what happened when he came home from the war, you know, and that readjustment period. And then my grandfather had a brother who also died in the war. Right. And so I was, I was really thinking about like, what, what did the brother go through? And then what did he go through when he returned? And how do like, how do those things compare and contrast, you know, and like what, you know, how are those, how are those two, how can I thematically like, you know, what did the brother carry home from the war that the one brother passed away and how are those stories different and similar, you know, and that was, that was sort of the basis of the story. Right. It's sort of thinking about that and that sort of led me down this path about returning home from war and, and then the story I ended up telling right right um, so so it was a, it was coming from a place that you you that was close to you it was coming from someone that clearly inspired you and you were you wanted to learn more about uh, from that era I exactly but it's not a it's not a true story in any way it's it's mm. just a, it's, a, it's I took the sort of I took that road that inspired me and then wrote, wrote sort of my own story based off of some of the themes that I thought might've been applicable for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I guess in the preparation for playing Vince from an acting standpoint, it was a lot about, you know, Vince is traumatized and has PTSD and coming back from the war. So it was like, I was going to like the veterans halls, you know, when we were looking, um, you know, I would go to the veterans halls and I'd sit there for a long time. I'd sort of talk with them. I'd look through all the photos and all that. Right. And, you know, a lot of the prep for that film was not only was it was the dieting to lose the weight, because, you know, every time I went to one of these places, I'd look at the photos on the, on the wall and they have this sort of shallow, like hungry look in their eyes, you know, like, like they've been starved of life and I can't starve myself of life, but I can starve myself of food. So that's right. something that I figured I might as well do. <laughs> That's um, good. So, yeah. So that, that's what we and, call creativity. Just, <laughs> exactly. And it was just about sort of trying to, the character that I play is like a vehicle for the story. You know, it's kind of like the driver and drive, you know, it's his, like, he's walking you through the story and introducing you to all these other people. And he is the sort of the heart of the story in a way. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I guess that like helped me direct Alex in a sense as well, you know, because Alex's character is totally different from my character. He's the, he's the polar opposite in a sense. Right. Right. But they sort of have this brothership from when they were like in the war. And that's something that Alex and I sort of shared and why he was perfect for the role, because underneath all the acting and all the characterization, we still had this camaraderie that we've had for years. Of course. So that was why he was perfect for that part and why we put him in that part and when we got there we had the camaraderie already it was just about yeah. owning in the details about the specific capturing characters it. that we were playing. yeah capture capturing yeah that moment and, and i can see it right now like on this zoom call right like this podcast episode you have that you guys have that chemistry you know you've, you've grown up uh known each other a long time and you capitalized on that i think those are the best films uh where they're just they they, they pick the ones that you know suit the character but what, what's most believable you know we're not just going to hire a random person we're going to hire someone that hey if you could pull this off and looking at the shot because just followed you on instagram alex um i i bought it you know i saw i, I see you in that era like while talking to you now right obviously i don't know much about you but when i saw you in that light it completely changed your look and transformed yeah. you and, and it kind of thrown you back into that era and i'm sure you're getting a, a, a tons of compliments uh, for that believability, that authenticity, right? And credit to the director for 
you know, being responsible for, I guess, uh, that, that casting or did you hire, did you hire yourself, Alex? Um, I I guess, uh, I don't know. I can't, I, no comment. (laughs) No comment. No, (laughs) no pressure. No pressure. Um, but I want to wrote the part for him, so he had no competition. So it was, oh, there you go. There you go. That's what a good friend does. He did some casting for some of the other parts, but that part was always for Alex. It's a very specific part and it was for him. So it was, it was great. You know, that's great. So that's perfect, man. And that, and that's, I think those are the best projects, right? When you hear something's written for you and you can't see it any other way, you just know how the person, the mannerisms, how they move, how they talk. And again, you, you said you captured that chemistry, uh, beautifully so um just by describing it uh looking forward to seeing that dynamic uh, on screen i want to know from a directing perspective eric uh what films were you inspired by um or other uh, forms of media uh, that that you brought to this project that inspired you can you repeat the question sorry you yeah i cut out i was i thought maybe like it was my oh no worries uh... um so it's questions for Eric. Uh, I want to know as a director, what kind of films or, you know, forms of media did you take into this project that inspired you? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, there's, there was a ton of inspirations, you know, specifically for the film. Um, mm-hmm. I guess like there's, there's all kinds of, there's, you know, character inspirations and then story inspirations, you know? Right. But I mean, we were looking at a lot of like, if we were looking at, a, I, there was a lot of paintings we were looking at and old photos from the 1940s. Um, and it, it was for, for us specifically, it was really about trying to rebuild the sort of that world, right? And how could we, how could we, we sort of use one room in a sense, you know, there's, there's three locations, but one room, which is a primary location. Right. And how can we build out that world, you know, completely in that one room. Right. So we were looking at a lot of photos of dancers, you know, and people were turning home and dancing after the war and old footage of, of dancing, you know, and then I guess specifically in reference to, you know, films that we were looking at in regards to like contextually for, you know, for style, you know, there's like, there's several scenes in the film that sort of are indicative of like, um, you know, some of the scenes in like, there's a little bit of, there's a little element of Dunkirk in the film, like a small piece of Dunkirk, you know? And we were looking at a lot of sort of psychological, you know, pieces as well and really trying to figure out the psychology of the characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, one thing I enjoyed about uh, so far, what I've seen is I'm glad you mentioned the Dunkirk aspect because that that's why I enjoy Dun- Dunkirk because the characters are are young and it's seen through their eyes. And Christopher Nolan was um, very adamant on the fact that he needed to hire actors that were in their twenties. They needed to it needed to be believable to the audience that they were that young going into war. And is that essentially what you were going for? Like you know, focusing on care because you could talk about PTSD, but you can also do a story where a man's in a retirement home, uh, you know, maybe reflecting on his life. So is that, is that something you agree with? Yeah. Yeah. I think the story is, is so specific, you know, and, but we really wanted to focus on what happens right when they return, you know, that was the story that was interesting to me. You know, nice. Yeah, for sure. It's a different perspective and um, it's something that you have to watch uh, to get a sense of what, what you were going for in your vision. Yeah. I wish I could tell you more. My, I'm trying so hard. Yeah, to no, no. I, I, I listen. It, it, yeah. Like, that just goes to show my questions are pressing. <laughs> They're inquisitive. Great, you keep it up. I don't know what I could yeah. I'm trying so hard to not spoil anything or like I'm tiptoeing around all kinds of stuff. Like I'm like, ah, I you see know, you guys, I good. see you guys like looking at each other like, wait, God, can I say that? <laughs> well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you exactly. just say- I don't know. <laughs> Eric's like, I don't know what someone. I'm allowed. We all signed our lives away with this movie, man. And there's been minimal press so far because we have a big release coming. So we're nice. This is you sort of getting the inside scoop in a sense. So it's fun, I love man. it. Yeah. And I love that you guys are uh, prioritizing, giving the audience uh, a perspective, uh, an insight on, on this film, but 
you know, I think we got we got a good sense of, of the film and really what, what they're all about, both films, uh, Man vs. Food and Long, Long Time. Um, I, I think I'm the kind of guy where I, I wouldn't want my film to be spoiled either or, you know, get talk too much about it uh, because it ruins the experience for the viewer, right? So um, very cool stuff, guys. Uh, I love what I'm hearing. Uh, I want to get it back to Alex. Um, for Alex, I want to know, what did you learn from this experience making a film? And how did it make you grow as an actor, the, both these films? Well, I guess with one long time, I like really opened my eyes to uh, like putting myself and studying to become a character that I've never, you know, really experienced something like, you know, world war, you know, world wars and the uh, military, things like that. So a lot of research had to be put, uh, like I really had to research like uh, different, uh, you know, mental illnesses, like I said, right. And right. uh, really opened my eyes to just how, I don't know if I can even say like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, but like, like the, the whole like, shoot, like process, but uh, like just overall, like, I guess like everybody on set kind of working together, everybody had like their own certain, I guess, uh, a fit, had their own, uh, like, how do you say it? Like uh, role, I guess. Role I don't know. I, it's just uh, uh it's really yeah it's yeah difficult exactly. to answer yeah, yeah everybody had a role to play and uh and yeah, yeah i mean uh i don't know what i it is yeah a bit of a difficult question to, to like to pick the difference like with, with like man versus food was like just the characters i guess were complete opposite which is what i had to to deal with yeah that's true and like yes yeah. the scale too right alex what's that Man versus food was small, yeah. right? And then when we got to long, long time, like you were saying, just the there's probably four or five times the amount of people who worked on long, long time just on the set that worked on man versus yeah. food, right? Yeah, it was way, way different uh, environment, uh, and I guess it was kind of like an eye opener. I guess, uh, yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I wanted to know, obviously. Obviously, you guys can't talk much about it, but I was just curious, like, are there new things you've learned about as an actor, like with your craft, um, kind of have you improved uh, certain weaknesses or have you become more confident in certain areas because of I these think, films? Yeah, I guess like one of my weaknesses was kind of like remembering the lines. And I guess uh, with a long, long time, I really had to like step it up. And, uh, you, know, you know, there was no lines in Man vs. Food, obviously. It was kind of just like exaggerated facial expressions. And so with, uh, right. with long, long time, I really had to, you know, step it up and, and remember the lines and uh, try hard to sell the, uh, the performance. Because, you know, with Man vs. Food, it's, it's like, you, it's not that hard to sell, like, you know, facial expressions, you know, disgust and whatever. But I guess with when you're speaking and, and really putting yourself in that character, you got to really try hard to, to sell the performance. That's what I kind of uh, got out of it. What I learned. Well, one thing I, one thing I want to mention is uh, Alfred Hitchcock, right? Legend. He said, you know, if you really want to strengthen yourself as a filmmaker, try telling a story without the use of dialogue. Um, and that goes for an actor as well. Um, when I was first starting out all my films, a, because of budgetary reasons and I had no idea what I was doing with sound but I am proud of those experiences because it, I think it helped me grow as a filmmaker basically selling a story to an audience where there's no words it's just body language music and scenery so I think that's uh, something that when, when I hear you talking about man versus food I'm excited because I don't people take it for granted uh, that that art form that you can sell with your facial expression that inner dialogue um, how talented you need to be uh, to convey a story uh, all through visuals so i'd like to ask eric what are the actors uh, sorry what are the actors what are the things you will take from this experience as a director on your next film project from man versus food from long long time how the things you've learned what are, what are you going to bring to the next project you have in mind yeah i mean it was it was interesting because that question sort of is applicable in many ways in the sense that like I brought a lot of things from man versus food into long, long time. You know, I learned a lot of man versus food and that spiraled over into long, long time, which is then going to spiral over into the next thing. You know? So any new things, any new things you've learned that you're going to take to the next project? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think, I think it's, it's really like, it's really important to define 
character before you go like especially as a director a lot of the things I learned on long long time because it's such an intense story and such a like character driven story is really like how to try and craft characters like in collaboration with an actor like Alex of course you know, that was like the, the full sort of arc of that experience for me like the learning curve so I mean there's all kinds of things in regards to crafting character beforehand you know that sort of but the things I like I'm going to take to the next project is really sort of I'm going to try and evolve that process of working with the actors beforehand you know and and doing the table like doing table reads with the actors mm. and doing prep and really you know going that extra mile to evolve character so when we get there on the day there's we don't have to hash out character as much as like and we can just really sort of you know focus on just calming it all down and just being present in the moment right because i of believe like, acting is about doing as much preparation as humanly possible it's the same thing as directing they're, i feel as though they're both the same yeah. You know, you do as much prep as humanly possible beforehand, you know, as much cram, as much prep as you possibly can. But when you get there on the day, you sort of have to let it go. You know, you have to trust that you're prepared and you have to be present in the moment, you know? You know, when acting is all about preparing that character completely and then yep. getting there and being present with that, you know? And it's the same Absolutely. being present with the moment and what's happening, not what you thought was going to happen in your head, but what's happening now on the screen and what you can do to sort of improve that moment, right? Yeah, absolutely. And as much as I want to say, you know, the energy should be well balanced uh, amongst every person, cast, crew, uh, working on set, and it should be, uh, I still believe that the most energy, the most care should be given to the actors because they are the front lines. They are what the audience sees initially. Um, the actors, the, the, the camera doesn't lie. And like you just said, Eric, that preparation is so critical when dealing with actors because you can have a great uh, story, you can have a great cinematography, editing, music, you know, directing abilities, whatever have you. But if your actors aren't selling what the story is and not making it feel real, uh, you, again, you, you risk losing your audience. And that's something that no filmmaker, no storyteller wants to do. So having that um, transparency with your actors, uh, making them feel included in the project is very important. One thing I wanted to mention too, bringing back to Tarantino is something as simple as going out to dinner, uh, with your, with your cast and going out to dinner. Like for example, if there's uh, a group of girls that are friends, you know, have them, if they never met before, especially in their life, go out to dinner, you know, uh, buy them all dinner or whatever, but have them exchange stories, have them communicate, uh, bounce ideas off each other. Uh, things they learn because they're going to bring that chemistry to the screen and they're going to sell you that they've been friends for a very long time. All right. Is that something you guys both agree? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I just, I always uh, stress that authenticity. I know it's very hard. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. You know, my projects nowhere near um, masterpieces, but I think if filmmakers like ourselves, if we always remind ourselves we need to keep authentic to the story. We need to always respect the story. Um, we can't help but make a good movie. As my buddy, <laughs> I shouldn't say my buddy, my, my hero Tarantino says. <laughs> but yeah, so that was, uh, I really enjoyed uh, having you guys on the podcast, um, hearing about the stories of making Man versus Food and Long, Long Time. I know you guys uh, can't ex talk about it more. And as much as the audience, you know, that, that are interested, want, want to hear more about it. Uh, we understand we, we've signed those documents before <laughs> we know that, uh, yeah, things can't be at spoiled like Tom Holland style. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's, there's some things coming soon. So I'll keep That's the great. audience informed. Um, and, yeah. You know, we'll have to do another one of these at some point where, where more things are released so we can go for sure yeah we always we, we you guys can discuss press and like you know the release and the aftermath and kind of what you guys have gone through because i'm always curious about that um i think it's very important as filmmakers we know how to market ourselves and we know how to market our content uh this is why um, i have you guys uh on the vlogs i have you guys on the podcast is it's very important that people know who we are and uh, our, what our stories are all about and what we can contribute to the industry so on that note, uh, do you guys have anything else to say to the audience? Anything you guys want to mention? Uh, uh, well, I mean, I got, I've been working on some projects that I guess, am I allowed to plug that? 
plug it, dude. Yeah, plug it. Plug it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been, I got a YouTube channel where I kind of put like my uh, skits and like my own little like short, I guess, videos and things like that. And uh, like one thing, like you were saying about like authenticity, I, I'm like, a, I'm a sucker for like authenticity, things like that. So like my videos are, um, when I make them, a lot of them are uh, like 80s type of uh like aesthetic and stuff like that so yeah yeah so the way i actually like digit like i actually put my videos on tape and then digitize them back to uh so that so like you really get that quality of like vhs and things like that so oh wow yeah Yeah, that's that's really cool man we did i did uh well we did i I, we did it eric was uh helping me out with this one uh it was it's called like 10 minute cop okay cool it's kind of like a uh like an infomercial i mean no it's kind of like an inf- like informational tape where these it's police officers yeah. like it's a comedy skit yeah and they um like it's these police officers that teach you how to like protect the law and things like that and uh they're really goofball like cops and like so like i re- like went and i bought like re- i could have gone to party city and bought like a fake cheap police costume but like i really like wanted it to look as official so i can get it to looking so i went on some like some website that sold like security outfits and things like that. So I bought like a Brown and a two blue shirts. So like my, my, uh, my brother's playing one of the cops and my cousin plays the other cop. And uh, it's a really, uh, really funny, I guess. And I like really try to like make it look as authentic as I can with like the graphics and things like that. So uh, where can we watch it? You here? can watch it on, where? on YouTube. It's Andy's on Funhouse. YouTube? Andy's uh, Funhouse of the name. On YouTube. Andy's Funhouse. Same as, all yeah. right perfect yeah i'll definitely give you a subscription for sure and uh, looking forward to seeing more of your content i, th- I think uh, what i, I some... yeah, sorry go ahead no i was gonna say like i got some like we got like i'm working on different things to, like to come out and things like that so hopefully within the next like few months i'll have more on there yeah and, i definitely uh, encourage you i definitely encourage you to do that man it's it's uh it doesn't again it doesn't always have to be short films it doesn't always have to be vlogs it's just something that speaks to you something that you want to share with the world and your audience will find you right it, you'll, they'll they'll uh gravitate to that brand like just hearing how you described that film not saying that it that it won't do well right or or maybe not turn out the way you want it but even if it didn't the fact that you had the courage to put it out there the fact that you spent the time to do so um you're so many f- steps away, uh you're, you're so much ahead than the people that can't even pick up that pen and write down that idea on a piece of paper, as they say. Exactly. Right? So exactly. credit to you, brother. And <laughs> what about you, Eric? Anything else you want to say before we end the podcast? Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, <laughs> Eric's a regular. Eric knows the routine. I can't talk too much about it. but No worries. Man. I'm looking forward to working with you someday. Um, yeah, for sure. And, That's something uh, I wanted to mention. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's something I wanted to mention guys is, uh, I'm looking forward to collaborating uh, with you both. I think you guys, uh, obviously I haven't seen your work entirely like the, the, the films, but from what I've seen and what I heard so far, uh, I know you guys are the real deal. I know you guys, uh, authentic and at the end of the day, you guys are just passionate about movies and anyone that's passionate about movies is a friend of mine. And I'm looking forward to more conversations on the podcast, uh, and having you guys on and talking about our journeys and our experiences and future collaborations for sure. Definitely stoked. <laughs> Thank you for having yeah. me. Thank you for having me. Anyways, uh, we'll uh, talk soon. Take care. <laughs>